Hello, you're listening to me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer. Because it's more fun to believe. So here we are. We're in Dayton, Ohio again. It's not snowing this time. Last time we talked, it was snowing. Yes, this is much preferred. Much preferred weather. I want to talk to you. Erica Russ is here again. Hi. You have, uh, if anyone who's listened before, they recognize you from the episode where, excuse me, the experience. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I should have my own branding right when it comes to the labels of things that these things are called. Yeah, that's probably the next thing you should do with your life. Priorities. (laughs) So, um, what was I saying? Oh, so we talked a lot about lucid dreaming and precognition in your dreams. We covered a lot of that. There was something else we teased in that episode about Mm -hmm. the communication with people in the waking world from the dream world. Mm -hmm. I'd love to elaborate on that. (laughs) Or I'd love for you to elaborate on that. Well, what are you talking about specifically? When you worked with uh, a specific adult who was nonverbal, oh, right. autistic. Well, I have a few different situations. The one that I'm thinking of, he was very verbal, just not exactly. He just didn't have functional language, really. But um, he was very violent towards himself. And um, I, he came to me in a dream and told me how to calm him down when he's having these episodes of slamming himself on the ground. And usually these episodes result in going to the hospital. And um, it was... Just for some clarification real quick. Sorry to interrupt. This is like an adult, a grown-up adult. Right. Mm-hmm. Big guy, small guy, medium size? Um, I, I mean, pretty much your build, average size so guy. So a but huge very... Adonis of a man. <laughs> <laughs> very, very strong, though. He's in his um. Why'd you mid- say mid-30s. though, though? Why'd you say though? Very strong, though. Your build, very strong. Well, though. if I would put him in a ring with you, I would definitely put my money on him. If I was okay, a so if like if this was the end times and there was you know sure, money on, I mean, cards. you would be fucked, definitely. Okay, so um, okay, sorry, I didn't mean to make this about me, but so a guy about you know, a guy average kind of size, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, and he would get really anxious, start. Um, slamming himself down on the ground and his knees would be bloody. It would be horrible. I mean, it was it was a horrible experience when he went through that. And he came to me in a dream and told me um, about where to put pressure on his body in order to calm him down. And it involved like putting him on the ground, on his stomach, and like basically putting all of my weight on his back, which is not something that you can do in that kind of environment working with these people. I mean, it looks like you're restraining him. So have you have you seen the documentary with Claire Danes about Temple Grandin? Uh, Temple Grandin? I think Grandin, I'm saying her name yeah. correctly when I say Grandin. And the hug machine she made? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah it I strikes did. me of the, if you don't know who Temple Grandin is, she's the woman who revolutionized the cattle industry with the way that the cattle were treated and uh, making them happier. And they're, anyway, it's more, effi- any, it's more efficient and all this. It's great. The movie, I, I wish I could remember the name of the movie, but the, it's based off this book that's a great book about her. Isn't it just called? I think so. Yeah, I, I think and so. I'm, I'm not positive. Claire Danes, I think she won a Spirit Award for the role. But I just saw it on, it's either on On Demand on HBO <clears throat> or even Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is really, really special. And she really did a special. TED Talks too. Oh, her TED Talk is awesome. Yeah. Her TED Talk is awesome. I highly recommend both of those things. If you don't have time to invest in an hour and a half movie, which is a biopic, you know, which a lot of people don't like biopics, which I'm just now finding out. I thought everyone loved biopics, but some people don't. Then it's a, it's a 15, 20 minute TED Talk. She is charming as all mm-hmm. hell. Like... Oh, if you can watch that TED Talk and you don't love Temple, I don't think I could be friends with you. <laughs> so anyway, 
it almost sounds like the hug machine because she yeah. hated she hated being touched uh, mm-hmm. or hugs. She didn't she didn't like hugging. She's very high functioning autistic, and so it sounds like well, the guy who you're working or he was one of the I don't know what would you call them just people at your well, at this yeah. place. Just just I, don't, I, I mean I mean not patients. <laughs> I don't mean patients uh, I or guess customers, like but client. they're a client. Yeah, okay. is a pretty broad appropriate term. Okay. So when he started slamming, were people able to stop him? Well, you know, usually people get very worked up and they like start saying, stop, don't do that, don't do that, you know, because they're so worked up and anxious about it. And it's scary. I mean, there's blood everywhere and it's it's terrifying. So your your response is to like yell at him to stop, which makes it worse. And um, me and this other guy that worked there, we we're able to like calmly we there's no point in telling him to stop at that point. I mean that you're not doing anything. You're making yourself feel better, but you're not doing anything for him. And we were able to just put all of this pressure on his chest and just like I mean, it looked like we were trying to restrain him, but it I mean it worked. Um and I couldn't tell anybody how I discovered that this was something that would help him. I mean, that it sounds crazy. I don't even want to go there with people who I work with. Um, so it was just kind of like a luck thing. But So when, okay, there's two things. The guy you work with who helped do this. First, before we get to that, were you currently in a lucid dream when he came to you? <laughs> do you remember the specifics? Um, I think I was lucid for a period of time in the dream, but I don't know if when I was actually employing the methods he he showed me to do if I was lucid at that point. I I don't remember being lucid for an extended period of time. It was one of those things where I was in and out. Um, But I I remember everything very clearly when I woke up and it felt special. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, I was dreaming about so-and-so. I mean, it was a significant dream because I've had something like that before, um, you know, with other people and like another individual. This was actually a child um, that I worked with and him and I had very little contact. I never worked with him um, one-on-one and I was kind of doing administrative things and I, I just didn't have very much contact with his child. But he came to me in a dream one night and he basically told me like, all of you guys are idiots. I know everything you're trying to teach me. I just, I'm just fucking with you, basically, is what he told me. He's like, I think he's 10 or 11, and he's nonverbal and um, severely disabled, you know, according to diagnosis, his diagnosis. And, uh, but he basically just told me, like, I, I'm on to all of you. Like, I, I get it. You guys don't get it. And we kind of had a thing, you know, a bond. And then the next day I went into work and I was the office manager at this place. And he was like, as soon as he saw me, he like ran into my office and he was just drawn to me and he wouldn't leave. I mean, his his tutor kept trying to get him out of the office. And every time she pulled him out, he kept running back in. He was just like, he just wanted to sit in a corner of the office. Just like we had a thing. And this had that. never happened before. No, I mean, I had no... Uh, you know, no prior experiences with him really other than knowing who he was. And then he came to me in a dream. And then, then you know, the next day that I saw him, we were just like buds. Did I you mean. ever say to him like, hey, I know that. You I know. felt like it, I didn't have to say it. Like I felt like we, when he looked at me and he actually made eye contact with me, I felt like we were talking and we weren't saying anything. It just was a connection we had from, from there on. So just in case anyone doesn't fully understand what we're talking about here. What we're discussing is the possibility that dream world communication is having a definite impact on real world communication, real life. I need to stop knocking the microphone into my ear. <laughs> um, you couldn't hear it because I, I have the headphones on. But yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. None of this needs to be in. Um, let me talk about my beard. But 
especially when we're talking about something so cool as the potential <laughs> of dream world communication. Like if we want to switch to your beer, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> dream world communication impacting crossing over into real world communication and affecting a real world rela- a dream world relationship impacting the real world, what people would consider the waking world relationship between two people, not just one person. Because mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about what happened to you yesterday uh, when you woke up. Mm-hmm. But I have to backtrack now. I have to remember because I've already kind of cut you off a couple of times from the specific story, a specific story. So, so just so we're on the same page, we're, we're discussing two different people interacting in a dream that has affected their waking life. Both of them knowing what had happened in this particular dream that you had that you cannot be sure he also had. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can know is, wow, I mean, it's as if he knows. And this right. has happened a couple of times with uh, multiple people. So. Right, yeah. And, and you know, it could just be that these dreams are changing me. And so I am more open to whatever, you know, I'm more open to a relationship with them. You know, like that could have been the explanation of seeing him the next day. And for some reason, my energy was different. And so he felt, you know, drawn to me. And I mean, that's totally possible. But, but regardless, still remarkable to have these experiences changing my relationships in this world. And I I feel like I feel like that's kind of what for me what attraction is anyways is um having experienced people before in my dreams like I we talked about last time how time doesn't necessarily I don't think time necessarily matches the way that we think of time here. So I could have a dream tonight that with you and you could have already had the dream with me or been there with me five years ago, or it could be five years in the future. Like just because I'm experiencing it tonight doesn't mean that you aren't experiencing it with me if you didn't experience it that same night. So time doesn't have to be linear. Right. And I think specifically there might be some, there might be some evidence of that, at least in the dream world, as far as I'll have to look it up, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that right now, but, uh, how you can have a dream. You could be asleep for five minutes and you have a dream that feels like lasted oh, yeah. hours and hours and hours. So time definitely. Or a lifetime. I mean, you can yeah. have a lifetime in five minutes, uh, a whole history of not necessarily experience the whole lifetime, maybe, but a whole lifetime of experiences and, um, relationships. Or, or multiple dreams in yeah. that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could, you could have many different types of dreams that don't even have any kind of real connection to each other in that short time. And I think that that's what kind of led me to thinking about, um, having dream experiences experiences with people, but not necessarily at the same time, according to time here, you know, and I think that that has something to do with your attraction to people in the beginning, like, or when you first meet people, because it could be people that you've already had experiences with before or will in the future. And some part of you already knows that, you know, and it could be opposite too. Like you've already had bad experiences, And so you get that like, oh, I don't want to be around the person. You know, you just get that. You don't know anything about them, but you know that you don't want anything to do with them. And maybe that's because you've already experienced them or you will in the future and part of you knows it. So well, yeah, I mean, because you would definitely would know it if it's already happened in the future. <laughs> I don't know if that sentence just made sense, but to me it did. Yeah, now, I had so, to write it out because I'm really. glad you brought up the idea that your energy might have been different. Because there are the people who are more on the skeptical side of life would say, well, maybe they didn't communicate. Maybe the dream affected her energy and the way she behaved around mm-hmm. this child. And 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with those people yeah. because I mean I believe in the possibility of anything, including that being accurate. So, mm-hmm. well, I think you get into a lot of trouble if you aren't at least a bit skeptical. I mean, I'm 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 very much a skeptic in some ways, and I think it's important to you know feel the way that you feel and decide what your experience means to you. But I think it's also very important to be able to see things from not that perspective, whatever that perspective is, or else you just kind of insane. You'll spin off the globe. Yeah. I mean, you you have to have some sort of balance to at least be able to think as it were another that to think by the eye. So. That's a popular theory about how some artists will maybe deteriorate in their, in at least people's perceived quality of their product or of their art when they become successful to the point where no one is telling them no anymore. Mm-hmm. No one is there critiquing or giving them criticism of any kind because... And it's not to say that only criticism makes people better, because I don't think that's true. But I mean, I think we all know examples of that. All that you need, you can't just have be surrounded by yes men, as they say. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the same way when it comes to your beliefs, mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm in danger of that all the time. I can because see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about this. I'm talking about the world we're discussing now, not, not my career, <laughs> which I would be in danger of that happening as well. Um, but I'm surrounded by no men, luckily. Uh, at least if we're talking about the industry side of things. But the idea that you can just become blind to the possibilities of other things being an explanation is dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea that even if the dream, okay, let's say hypothetically, you didn't, he didn't understand um, the feeling you had when you saw him the next day, mm-hmm. or he has no awareness of this dream, didn't really communicate to you. It was just a dream you had, a random dream you had maybe because of a hunch or a feeling or whatever explanation. Mm -hmm. Even the idea that that dream you had the night before affected him in such a way in the waking world is very significant. Mm -hmm. It affected our relationship. I mean, that's pretty powerful. Especially nonverbal. I I, I think that's important too because he's, it's not like you can explain that to some, to him Mm -hmm. or he can't say, oh, we, we hung out in the dream world. Yeah. I mean, we definitely had some sort of connection from that, that moment on and you know because he would be you know his tutors would be his teachers would be like going over things with him and he'd kind of like look up at me like kind of give me a smirk you know like, and who, see, I and who you knows i mean trying that, to teach me this shit i already know yeah and he's like just being non-compliant because he can because he doesn't care he's fucking with you he's he's the one that's ruling the situation and i mean even if he didn't really come to me and he didn't really, you know, our connection wasn't because of that. It it still was because of that. Because for whatever reason, he was now, we were now a thing. We are now connected in some way. So, I mean, it's still pretty remarkable to have such remarkable change in a relationship in another person based on um, a dream only you had. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, even on the skeptical side of that coin, it's pretty remarkable situation that's that's occurring. Now, I think if you were to you know, figure out, I mean, this is where my mind goes. Can you imagine if you could figure out how to interact with people like nonverbal kids or adults with autism uh, in the dream world or other people who can't communicate verbally or blind people? Uh, you could find them in the dream world and then you can show them things. Uh, see, this is where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you're like a superhero in the, <laughs> in the world of dreams. You know what I mean? And then it has actually practical purposes in the waking life. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that that's possible or that you've even considered doing it, but I mean, the fact, the idea that you could travel through time and space, <laughs> communicate with people who can't talk in the waking world. I mean, in the future, who knows? That could be something that's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's not so finely tuned that I can just be like, well, I'm going to sleep tonight and I'm going to save so-and-so. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. you know, it's pretty random. And you don't, you don't, I don't think you're the type of person who ever 
seeks out to think you can or pretends to you know act like you can even do all this stuff like right. uh, you know out of consciously deciding to do it yeah because i was listening to the other other interviews and i was like i don't know shit about shit thinking like all of these other people talking about all of these things and i'm like what is that i need to google this well you know i think different people have different <laughs> ways of of trying to understand things that they experience mm-hmm. and a lot of people go the i mean i need to read everything i can get my hands on there's a, uh, a new friend of mine who I just met. Uh, maybe we we might have an interview at some point. I'm not sure. But she's that kind of, like, that's the way her brain seems to work for my limited interaction with her. You know, she's like, oh, I needed to, I just need to consume all of this information to f- try to figure out, to try to help explain it or wrap my brain around it. From, like, books and the internet and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. And, it, yeah, and, and it brings that. me to something I want to mention to you later. Okay. <laughs> uh, that I'm excited about. So this guy who shall remember. He shall remain nameless. I was going to say renameless. Sure. So if I just We're want to just combine those two words, words right we're just today. making up words. Yeah, so. I get all trumped up when I think about it. Trump, trumping me up. It's trumping me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Erica's phrase for getting. I guess I, I've committed to it. So. Yeah, you've committed to it. Um, Thought it was a real phrase. It's not. I made it's it trumping up. Trumping me up. Trumping me up. Yeah. Um, trumping me up. This phone's trumping me up. This, this new phone. phone. Yeah, yeah. Her phone, the battery icon is vertical instead of horizontal, so it's trumping her up. Correct. And the swipey is side to side instead of up and And down. if you don't know what trumping me up means, it means, you know, causing stress to your life. There was none before. <laughs> So, this guy w- would do what you refer to as slamming, probably in his 20s. 30s. Oh, he was in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, he was verbal. Yes, very verbal. <laughs> very verbal. So, you have a dream uh, that he comes to you and explains to you what settles him down. I'm curious to know, when it starts happening, how your coworker kind of knew to go with you on this. Well, luckily, um, I was with somebody who... I don't know. We just, we had a connection already. Like this, uh, my coworker, I mean, we kind of just were really worked well together and he just followed my lead. He just didn't question. <laughs> I don't so know. So was this, how <laughs> soon after this, how soon after the dream did this happen? Oh, let's see. Because he didn't slam his knees every day. So no, every day, no. That would... He used to when he was younger, but not anymore. Um, It wasn't that long, but it wasn't like the next day. I think it was probably a week or two. You know, it wasn't it wasn't long. It was still totally fresh enough in your brain to oh, be like, Oh yeah, it was fresh. Boom, I need to move in on this and mm-hmm. see if it works. It was terrifying. <laughs> I'm not I'm not significantly strong or, you know, large or anything. So it, i mean it's tough to be in those situations, but it worked and we calmed him down and it was pretty awesome. Really. I almost imagine like a slow clap starts happening after Yeah, that didn't happen at all. No. But. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there other coworkers around? Yeah, just watching the train wreck like <laughs> happen. That's what happens in these situations where you're you're either really good at that situation or you're horrible. There's no in between. It's either you're yelling and screaming and contributing to the situation or you're just like an action person. You just like do what needs to be done. And I can hardly get through life without having a panic attack. But in those situations, I'm awesome. I don't know. I can't hardly go to the grocery store without losing it. But, you know, when when shit hits the fan, I'm, I'm pretty on top of it somehow. Especially when it's an area that you feel like you might have some extra insight that other yeah. people. Uh, I think I just become like to. somebody so. from one of my dreams who's really awesome, like you know, like some crime fighter, like whatever, and I just go into that role, and then once it's over, then I'm back to my Norway self. <laughs> so, it, was this a tactic you would employ in the future with this guy? Well, I don't see him do anymore, but. Um, you know, that was a few years ago and I don't work there anymore and I don't see him anymore. But certainly, I mean, I, I've learned to trust um, whatever is inspiring that feeling or that knowledge. I mean, I've learned to trust it. And in that situation, you don't, you don't have a whole lot of time to think about what you're going to do. You either do something or you don't. And so I would, I would definitely do it again. This is very 
it's very like challenging to try to understand how other people would be could have their minds closed off to it. Uh, what I mean by that is, I feel like everybody else there should have been like, okay, how'd you know to do that? Please tell us. Are you was it magic? And you could be like, oh, listen, this is what happened in my dream. This guy came to me and told me this quote. This settles him down. And they'd be like, okay, we need to. However, that's that's incredible. We need to write this down so people know. Other people know how to how to deal with this guy in the future. I mean, everything happens so quickly. You're not looking at those kinds of. Uh, it wasn't like I was. I don't know. I, from an onlooker who's anxious and their hearts racing and they don't know what to do and they're seeing blood and stuff. I mean, they're not. They're just happy it's over when it's over. I don't think they're thinking about what got them there. So, has this happened to you recently? What do you mean? I'm just no. I mean, we haven't talked about this. This isn't me like trying to trigger oh, memories. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, has it happened to you recently where you've woken up from a special dream? A special dream? Like you said, when you woke up from that dream, that particular, or especially with a little kid, oh. and you woke up and you're like, oh, that was, or the other, or the, where he told you well, how to not, settle him down. It's like you knew like, it was like, you felt spe- like, well, I felt like a special dream. Well, I, I didn't, not in that kind of way, not where I was communicating with um, somebody who has difficulties communicating um, because I'm not quite in that field the way that I used to be. But I've had, dream- I mean, I've talked to you the other day and I have been distraught over this dream that I had a couple nights ago. I mean, that's, a, that, but it's not the same thing. It's not like something that I need to do. Can you explain to me what happened in this dream? Um, well, I was. Because before you, before you go, before you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but because the conversation we had via text message was that you got, you actually, you had hives. Oh, last night I did. You had I, hives from this, right? Yeah. Well, I was just so upset last night. And I, then I went to the bathroom and realized I had hives on my face and my chest because I was so upset. Now, this is a, uh, I think this is a, a sensation that people are familiar with. You know, there's, even in stand up comedy, there's the old line like, you know, uh, it's kind of, it's not, it's almost a hack joke now where dudes will talk about being in trouble because their wives dream they cheated on them or something. And they wake up and they're next to them in bed and the wife is still pissed off at them. <laughs> right. It's, it's not uncommon. So this is something that, so strong emotions or things that happened in the dream world have affected the waking life for people for, for years now. Mm-hmm. And it's almost common enough for us to not even think about it when we hear people talking about it. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, so everyone's kind of familiar with emotions from a dream world crossing over into the real world. And now this one was particularly strong for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I woke up um, sweating and just immediately started crying over this situation and it's kind of hard to explain because I mean it was it's one of those dreams where I had a whole life um whole like childhood and teenage years and college and everything I had a whole life and so basically I was at this cabin or house rental or something with my family and some friends of the family and I had a friendship or a relationship with a man. I think I think we were in our early twenties. That's how it kind of felt. Usually in my dreams I don't have an age. I have more of like a like a feeling of being young or older. I mean I don't I don't have like a number age. So I felt kind of like in my early twenties and this particular person, this man he had been my parents um parents friends son and we kind of grew up together and we were always buddies and uh, in the last couple of years we had been attracted to each other and like fall in love but we had so it was like a it was it was really like a whole lifetime oh it was a whole lifetime yeah a whole life this person uh you know growing up in a childhood and and going through the awkward teenage years and all of this but we were always just friends you know it was never a romantic or like child love or anything like that and 
But in the last couple of years from the stream, from from the present of the dream, uh, we had been attracted to each other. But for some reason, we were like scared to tell our parents. Um, we wanted to wait until he was out of med school, which was this was all unspoken. So we hadn't dated. We hadn't kissed. We hadn't done anything. And we were at this cabin to celebrate his – he was in his like final week of med, med school. And um, – we had gone out with a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine who and her, this guy that she had just started seeing who we hadn't met. And we weren't really like partiers or we didn't really go out and we didn't even tell our parents that we were going to this club um, for some reason, even though we were in our 20s. I don't know why we felt the need to hide it from them. So it was the four of us. We went out and we were leaving this club that night. And as as we right after we left the door or, or left the left the club, um, this man came up. Or we heard gunshots, and then this man came up and pointed a gun at my girlfriend and shot, but it the bullet went past her and shot her um, date. And it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I mean, it was horrible. It was, you know, high anxiety. What do I do now? The three of us tried to get back into the club, but they had already locked the door. Um, I wasn't emotionally invested in this person, but... I mean, he was just shot in front of me. So it was this very high anxiety, stressful situation. Um, so the three of us tried to get back into the club, but the door had, was already locked. And um, this man, the gun, came up. And at that point, this this the, my, the person I was in love with, this man, I don't know his name, um, He his back was to me. Oh, oh, oh first, first he was telling us, like, get all your money out. He thought that you was so trying. like it was like you were kind of being robbed, right? So like me and her and and him, we were all scrambling to get all right to like give this man all of our money, and he wanted nothing to do with our money. And uh, this guy, the guy I was in love with, he his back was to me, and this man just walked right up behind him and put the gun to the back of his head and shot him right in like I mean just a foot away from me, just right in front of me. And at that point, the door of the club was unlocked, and so the three of us stumbled in. And I mean, if if this happened, so you, the other girl, and the guy who shot mm-hmm. him. If this had happened in this world, you know, this man, my lover, I guess I'll call, would have dropped to the ground. I mean, he was shot right at the, on the back. I mean, the gun was on his head, um, but for whatever reason, he hadn't dropped to the ground. He was still mobile. So the three of us walk into the. Also, oh, he walked in. Yes. Oh, I he thought walked. the guy who shot. No, no, not the okay. guy. He walked away after that. Um. So the three of us walked in and. My my love is standing in front of me. He's taller than me and is looking at me. And I can just see the life draining out of his body. I mean, I'm, he's looking at me and he's standing there. And I'm just touching his face, touching his head. I'm begging him not to leave me. I just keep saying, please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. I'm begging him. And I wasn't particularly uh, a religious person in this in my dream. I was, But I was begging God to not take him in. And I knew he was dying because... Nobody survives that. And, but I'm, I'm like kissing his face and I'm touching his face and I'm just begging and I'm begging whatever God I don't believe in to let, not let him go. And he looks at me, his eyes start to close and I just, I just see the life draining out of him and he like drops to his knees and I wake up just, he wasn't totally dead yet. I had woken up before he passed, but I just woke up with like sweating, just crying, like begging him not to leave me. Okay. So when you woke up, there was, you, you didn't like wake up crying. In your dream, you were crying. In my dream, I was crying. And then as soon as I woke up, I started crying. I wasn't, okay. wasn't crying. My person crying. Um, my physical person wasn't crying. I was, I started to cry when I woke up because I was like instantly in mourning um, from the loss of this person. I mean, 
hysterically crying. And I'm not much of a crier anymore, (laughs) but I was distraught and it took me a while to stop crying. And uh, I don't know, throughout the day, I would um, just start crying spontaneously because I was thinking about him. And I I mean, I felt like I lost my childhood best friend and the love of my life. And for whatever reason, we were were waiting to start our life together. You know, we were waiting to be in love, (laughs) which was so silly. It seemed so silly after that happened. And then you go through the guilt like of trying to move on, like the survivor's guilt. And, you know, I would be sitting on the couch watching TV or working or whatever. And I would be distracted and not be thinking about him or not be crying about him. And then I would feel guilty because I had moved on. I hadn't, I wasn't thinking about him. I mean, severe guilt. And then I would start crying again because I just felt so guilty for not constantly be mourning him. And I've never seen this person before here. Um, so this is like some real, so your connection to the dream world, obviously as you know, it's affected your life in positive ways. And then it's also affected, I don't know if this would be considered negative, but it's definitely severely emotional. Right. Now the severe emotions that you're experiencing in your waking life and you're aware that, okay, this is a different world. Mm -hmm. I I am currently in, I know that guy. I know that I don't know that guy. Mm Right. Right. It just doesn't matter. I mean, I I know I'm sane enough to know that that person is not a person in my life here, but it does not discredit the emotions that I brought back. Well, what's the connection between rational and emotional? You know, I mean, I I mean, there's many times where we rationally know in our in our like thinking brain, like this should not bother me Uh, or this is better for I think it's, you know, especially in relationships. Or whether it's uh, mm-hmm. even I, my mind goes to addictions of drugs that mm-hmm. I think that's true. That I'm like I just feel like oh I want to do this drug and then my rational brain is like well you know you know this isn't something that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, that's true. I mean it, it's very I mean it's it's that that's what it is. Um, and it's it's been a couple of days now and it's. But you had a, you had a hives you had hives all over. Yeah, you. last night I was just. I, you know, it just takes over. I mean, I get on and I've figured out ways to still do the things that I'm supposed to do, but then it takes over and I'm in bed for hours or I'm crying or I'm, I am having, like last night I was on the couch and I'm like, I'm had so much anxiety. I was itchy all over. I'm just freaking out. And I, I, I mean, are there ways that you figured out over, over time to better cope or deal or, you know, protections against it? I mean, because also, especially when there's someone else in your life that you're, yeah. that you're directly living it's, with. I mean, it's very difficult for another person to deal with. Um, a gin helps. Um, you said gin? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you, you didn't say a gym. <laughs> gin helped gin. me last night a little bit. Um, Call me a little bit, but... Uh, it's very difficult for another person to deal with because it's one thing to sit here and say that you understand or it's one or it's one thing to be like, wow, that that must be really difficult or um, but it's another thing to actually deal with the physical uh side effects of of it's almost like a dream hangover yeah i mean yeah and how old were you when all this started happening like in a strong strong way like this uh the first dream i had i was 11 not the first dream i had the first dream that really severely affected me for a long period of time was when i was 11 i mean i've I've been dreaming i remember dreams ever since i was a child they were all nightmares but 11 was the first dream that really hit me okay so it's not like you just woke up one day at 19 or something and like, wow, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happened kind of to my sister, though. She's kind of a late bloomer, but she's um has a, has similar dream life experiences. Crippling. 
Yeah. I mean, I remember back when I first knew you, there were times where you were, it was, I mean, I, I guess crippling is the only word I can really oh, yeah. To use. Yeah. You just weren't going to be doing it for a day. Or days. Or right. Days, yeah. I mean, I just couldn't. And I still get that feeling sometimes, but I've been able to minimize it to hours. Um, I've been able to mask it a little bit better. I mean, a lot better than when we first met. When we first so, met, I, mean, I could not say, handle it. Hypothetically, there's someone out there listening who experiences similar dreams and reactions or experiences. Is there is there something that is like the most helpful thing to do? Don't you kill found? yourself. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's really the only thing that, you know, when we first met and, you know, the first several years that we knew each other, it was just all that I could do to not kill myself. And I didn't, obviously. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that, that doesn't sound like great advice, but just don't fucking do it. I mean, you'll figure it out because you'll hit rock bottom and then you have no other choice but to either kill yourself or figure it out. I mean, because I guess there's a dark side to the dream, this dream, this like this whole dream world when you're so connected to it. Because, I mean, I don't know how you separate the awesomeness from the dreams that you have with the people that you communicate with that affects their, your relationship in the real world in a positive way, uh, in a profound positive way. And then in the same world, you have these dreams where you see, you know, the love of your life murdered right in front of you. So how do you, of course, there's, it's going to be a, have a profound effect. Mm -hmm. How do you separate those two things? Well, you don't. You learn to deal with the balance of both of them. And hope. hopefully you get to the point where there is a balance because that's what was so difficult before was that there was no balance. It was all dark and it was all pretty much it was all bad and um, there was no balance. So it, it felt hopeless. And now at least I know that there is some order to it. Um, Has it there been a dream it, recently or not even not recently? Where let, let's say it's the opposite of what you experienced with um, the two guys that were, you know, clients or whatever we called them. Mm -hmm. Is that what you called them? Yeah. Um, was there a dream that involved someone from the real world and you realized because of that dream, I need to stop hanging around this person or um, I need to change something because like it's almost like a warning as opposed to a, a tip? Um, not really because I I typically know right away if if i'm involved with somebody or talking to somebody that i shouldn't be i don't i don't usually it doesn't usually dawn on me at some point whether or not i mean there have been times when i knew somebody was all wrong for me or i shouldn't be talking to and i just didn't well we've had two experiences together where i don't think we touched on this one the first time we talked chicago. in chicago yeah i was working in chicago and you came to visit for i think a night i think it was there or a couple uh, days uh, or a couple days for a couple yeah days, yeah for the yeah. whole weekend maybe yeah. and um, we had a great time, and at one point we were – I'll tell them what <laughs> happened from my perspective. Okay. We had just gotten coffee pre-show, and we were walking back to the hotel. And as we were walking back to the hotel, we're walking down the sidewalk, uh, and there, there comes like, I don't know, a middle-aged gentleman maybe, late 40s, 50s maybe. Kind of looked – he looked a little bit scrawny. Didn't look like he, w he was having the best time of his life, uh, but didn't look like a homeless person either. Just mm -hmm. kind of looked like a, a guy who maybe had seen better days. We were walking back to your car, though. Oh, yeah. Hotel, okay, but. sorry. Yeah, we were walking back to the car. And as we pass him, I guess he makes eye contact with you. You make eye contact with him. I don't really. I kind of maybe give him a glance, but not, nothing really. And uh, and then you immediately, you like grab, like grab my arm. Or you grab, like, I remember you being visibly rattled. Mm -hmm. And I think he said something along the lines of, just keep going, just keep walking, just keep walking, mm -hmm. just keep walking. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, just keep walking. And we got far enough away to where the guy had disappeared out of sight. Maybe he turned the corner on the block or whatever. 
and I was like, what's going on? And like, you were going to throw up. Mm -hmm. And you said, I think you said, that man has done horrible things. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I was like, what? And and you said, there was nothing in his eyes. Oh, gives me chills uh, thinking about it. And it will give me chills hearing it. Mm -hmm. Because it reminds me, it reminded me of that movie. Why why can't I remember the name of the movie? I was just talking about it last week. It's got, uh, this guy can see demons. He's given the power to see or knows a list of people's names who are demons and he goes and finds them and he has to kill him with his axe that he names Otis. And um, (laughs) it's a really good movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh shit. I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it reminded me like immediately like, oh my God, that guy was, that guy was, that guy was maybe a demon or possessed by a demon or whatever evil kind of force. Yeah. And, and I was just like, and, but you, we stopped there and you kind of stood there and you were, you were shaking Mm -hmm. and you looked nauseous. Yeah, I I remember that very clearly. I mean, he I don't know, I just I knew immediately that he was evil and that he did horrible things and I did not want him to know that I knew. <laughs> so that's why I was like just just keep going, just keep going and I just remember like holding down, like holding back from throwing up immediately. Um because I thought that he had to have known that I knew, you know, we made eye contact and I, I don't know if his eyes were black or if I just saw black in his eyes, but I don't know the difference of that, you know, but I, it was blackness. It was dark and it was fucking horrible. And it was all I could do not to throw up. And I mean that even thinking about it now, thinking about making eye contact with him just makes me like, you know, have anxiety and like, I I could be sick if I just sit here and think about that. Um, if someone's wondering what he looked like, to me, I kind of remember him looking like a real life version, slightly older. I don't know if you'll, um, but Mo, the bartender from The Simpsons. I've never seen Simpsons. You've never seen, um, anyway, so there's probably some people who. But won't he believe. wasn't a cartoon. So no, no, no. I don't I'm know. saying the real life version. Oh, okay, okay. Is what I said. Uh, <laughs> Excuse uh, me. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I think out of all the things you've said tonight, the most unbelievable might be that you've never seen The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe for some people who are listening. Well, I just remember him being like, honestly, I was so, I was so, we, we, we made eye contact and that was all I needed to know. But I just remember him being like a pretty normal looking dude, older guy, like you said, older, like forties, um, like jeans, I think maybe just a normal looking guy, like a, maybe a plaid or a check button up. Yeah. Nothing, nothing descriptive about him. Nothing like nothing out of the norm as far as what he looked like besides his eyes. But I think I might have just seen black in his eyes. I don't necessarily think his eyes were black. <laughs> well, I don't remember seeing I don't remember seeing black eyes. Um but then again, I didn't look at him the way you did. I just kind of I don't even usually I don't I try not to make eye contact with people because I especially in big cities because I just don't want them to talk to me. I just don't want to talk to people. Well, when you're when you're a woman, it's much different. Right. Even here, I mean, at home, I don't want to make eye contact because I don't want people like I'm alone usually. I don't want, I just don't want to talk to people. I'm, we're not going to be friends. I'm not going to give you anything. Like I'm not going to, I don't want to chit chat because I'm t- way too uncomfortable and awkward to chit chat. You know, it gets you all, you get trumped up thinking about it. I get all trumped up about it. So flash forward. So I don't know why I made eye contact with him, but I did. And it was fucking powerful. And maybe I don't make eye contact with people because of that, because I don't want to know what's behind your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Flash forward. Um, two years. Or whatever it's been, probably been two years, two and a, maybe two and a half. Two, two, yeah. You're visiting Los Angeles. When was it? It was. It was Jan- in January. It was in January. End of January. We decided to go to the Yellow Zoo. 
So we're at the LA Zoo, uh, hanging around, having a having a good old time. We're seeing all kinds of monkeys, um, seeing all kinds of other animals. We saw the giraffes. I mean, those sweet giraffes. Right. I've and since heard very discouraging things about the LA Zoo, which will make me never go back. But that particular day, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. So that's here nor there. But if someone is wondering, if someone's listening and thinking to themselves, well, the LA Zoo, I heard, why, you, why would you go there? You know, you know that they feel, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to get into that stuff. But yeah, I, okay, I'm not going back to the LA Zoo. That's not the point. But I almost would rather not go back to the LA Zoo more than what I heard about the elephants and stuff that because of, well, it wasn't the same extent, correct? Well, why don't you tell, do you remember what I'm talking about? That man? Yeah. His family? Yeah. 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 Um, we were walking on that weird road that wasn't a road where nothing was. And I saw a man and his wife, and I think he had a kid with him. I don't he remember He was pushing that. a stroller. Right. He was pushing a stroller. And yeah, I do remember just knowing that guy had secrets. That guy had some fucking horrible secrets. And it wasn't the extent of that one. I mean, I, I nothing has ever been the extent of that one man in Chicago. I mean, he was like pure evil. And I mean, I've had plenty of experiences with people that I know I shouldn't be involved with or weren't good people, but that was a special circumstance. And this this man was, um, it, it wasn't as bad, but it was like immediate. I remember just saying like, what, like that, I think I said that man has some secrets. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really, and I've, I've been listening to, I hate, I know I keep bringing this up, but I, I've been listening to the other interviews with people and this seems to be like a similar thing that others have experienced. Like, well, it sounds to me like it's it's empathy. Well, not yeah. empathy. It's it being an em- it's signs of an empath. Yeah. Um, and what I wanted to bring up was this new friend of mine who uh, I started talking to. I mean, we only, we hung out once and had coffee. Uh, her name's Terry, and she. I, I guess I probably shouldn't say her name. I mean, I don't even know if she wants me, but no one's going to be able to know who I'm talking about because I said one name. You said her first name. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. Uh, my apologies to Terry. So uh, maybe I should stop saying. Her yeah, name. maybe we shouldn't talk about it anymore. Maybe we should move on. Okay, don't yeah, say, don't say on. her name anymore. Well, there's this great place in uh, on Ventura Boulevard called the Psychic Eye Bookstore, and it's got you know sage that you can burn and all this other kind of stuff. I guess sage is good for burning if you want to get rid of negative energy and stuff. I'm learning about all this kind of stuff as we go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there was this girl on Dexter that did that, but that's all. That's it's more than just movie it. magic. <laughs> and, uh, I've never seen Dexter. Can you believe that? Now, there are ways to put up defenses when you're an empath. For example, um, feeling all of these things, these crazy things, um, trying to differentiate between what your own emotions are and feelings are compared to what you're taking on from people you're around. Wait, are you saying I'm an empath? Well, I'm saying it's poten- there's potential that you could be an empath. Okay. Like when you can see someone and just immediately almost throw up because of how much darkness is inside of them, it seems like you are you are more open to another person than, especially considering I just thought he was some weird dude who looked a little creepy maybe at the most. Mm-hmm. But okay. I did I didn't have a physical you were you had a physical reaction mm-hmm. to seeing someone. Yeah. Um, now I think we're all familiar with physical reactions when it comes to attraction, but repulsion is another thing. That's that's a whole different thing. Not based on physical appearance. So the man at the zoo, the guy in Chicago. There's definitely something you're picking up on with an antenna that other people, myself specifically, don't don't pick up on or don't have. I'm just not. Maybe I do have it. I'm just not tuned in it, mm-hmm. or I don't have it. You know, tuned in. So, but it'd be interesting. I'm going to figure out uh, these books and these things that you can read um, about. You know, protecting if you are an empath out there and you're just discovering the power, like ways to try to put up some defenses. I mean, that might sound kind of cynical. That might sound cynical saying I need to defend myself, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe you're blocking off, but it's different than that. It's 
it's not about blocking off as much as it is understanding and separating, I think, at least from what I've been told from the people who are discovering it and know it already. Mm-hmm. So it might help someone like you to figure out if, in fact, you are an empath. Well, I mean, I have my own defenses that I put up because I can't deal with, you know, like I was saying earlier, I mean, I don't make eye contact with people typically. I mean, in, in I mean, when I'm talking to them, I do. I'm not a weirdo. But when I'm, um, you know, walking down the street or whatever, I try I, – I make a mental – I mentally try to block people out because I can't handle all of – like being in a crowd, I just can't handle all of the energy that's – that I'm <laughs> sucking in or, or whatever it is. I don't know. I just – so I – block it out because I can't deal with it. So, I mean, that is, those are my defenses to get through life. I can't, I don't have any defenses when it comes to my dreams and the emotions that I bring back and um, all of the carryover from that. I don't know how to deal with that. I've, I've learned how to mask it so that the people in my life aren't as affected as they would be like together. Um, you were extremely affected. I mean, you were right there in the middle of it with me. But yeah, that's also a, that's also a thing that I mean. Also, time heals all wounds. They say, and also you you know the passing of time creates different filters on certain memories. And I mean, I but I've been in my memory like I was. It was really, really, really difficult for you because I didn't even know what I was dealing with, and so you were trying to deal with it secondhand. And um, I, I've learned how to deal with that better or at least shield people like loved ones from it well it's difficult when you're dealing with something that you you can't comprehend now for example if if i was an empath or uh you know clairvoyant or clairaudient or something like that or experience a a lucid dreamer um during that time it would have been easier probably you still can't take someone else's burden on for them Mm -hmm. especially when someone is going through something i mean that's one of life's probably most difficult lessons is you can't take away someone's pain for them they have to work through themselves Mm -hmm. now it may have been easier for me and for you if there was someone who had a lot of experience with it that's one thing but on the other side it's it's you know we all have stuff that we dump onto people it's just some of them are different some of them are (laughs) some of them are a lot more complex uh metaphysically i guess (laughs) than others you know, mine was just all a bunch of bullshit from stand-up comedy trying to start out, <laughs> trying to get on the road as a stand-up and start a career. That can't be easy for someone either um, to deal with. But uh, so, yeah, I think – but the idea that you can just see someone, you can look in their eyes, and then you can tell something not specifically about them. I mean, that's uh, – what is it? Uh, psychics? I mean, I don't know. Cops, law enforcement use psychics to try to help find people who are missing. Um, there's There's all kinds of examples of – you know, people with certain abilities being able to have a higher sense of others mm-hmm. or of just things in general. So I don't think it's too crazy to think that, you know, you're you're currently on a path to discovering all of this stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, that goes the other way, too, where sometimes I meet people and I'm just like, the, this person should be in my life. I mean, holy shit. You know, like like when I met Rhiannon in L.A., I mean, I met her and I was just like, I mean, I had a couple of drinks too, but I was like, this person is fucking awesome. You know, I just knew and I was really drawn to it and really excited. Um, and and that's, that's something really special. And it doesn't happen that often because I'm not that open to that type of experience because it's just too, it's just, my dreams are just so much that it's hard to deal with things in my real life that are out of the norm or like, um, you know, like making friends and stuff that just seems like too much to handle. Luckily, I have friends that I've had for so long and I don't have to do that. But if they leave, I don't know what I'm going to do because (laughs) I don't know how to meet people. (laughs) 
Um, well, it's just too much. I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it, but I mean, you have met people in your dreams that you've met later. Yeah. That have been positive. Yeah. Um, one person, I guess, in particular. Um, I'm not really sure what, like, what specifically you want me to talk about, like, but I remember scenes i was on vacation in new orleans which was like a really whirlwind of an experience like some band that came through the the bar i was working at wanted me to be their manager and they were like i don't i don't know whatever it was this whole weird thing and i just randomly went to new orleans to meet them and uh, i met this person at a venue down there and or or i saw this person at a venue down there and i was like he you know that person is something special like i don't know what it is you know i hadn't even talked to him yet and um anyways we ended up talking we ended up meeting and both of us were just so drawn to each other i mean like we had known each other and and it's not like a it's not like love at first sight type thing or some fairy tale like that it was just something like we knew each other and we knew that our meeting was important and he wasn't from new orleans either he was from texas um so anyways we exchanged numbers i was leaving the very next day and we talked a lot over the next few days and I realized that I did know him I did meet him I had met him I I was I I was going through all of these journal entry entries or notebook entries or whatever and I found the stream that I had about this person and it was him it was from I think two or two and a half years previous to when I met him and I was like blown away I was all trumped up or whatever (laughs) I was like freaking out because I mean I described him and I was in love with him in my dream we had this whirlwind love um and we were torn apart and we went our whole lives trying to get back to each other and then we both died and our ghosts found each other in the spot where we had met in my dream and um we were like, we lived happily ever after, but we were both dead and we both died in the dream. I died in my dream. Uh, I've died several times in my dream. And then, you know, cut to two, two and a half years later and I see this person. I don't know. I don't know it right away. I just know that it's special. And I, I, I send this, I write this dream out and I send it to him and this is you. It was like, I knew, you know, I knew you too. He described me as this, um, like, this light that like he didn't like he saw some light i think he can see more a little bit but i he saw some sort of light and he was drawn to me as well so it, that was that's the most significant experience that i've had um meeting somebody in this world that i had already met somewhere else and it was fucking special <laughs> I mean, yeah i met him yeah i mean it was very very special and um neither of us really knew what to do with it we both knew that we were going to be part of each other's lives forever but we were pretty young and we didn't know what to do with that kind of vision <laughs> i mean he you <laughs> know he came here. we were very young and we didn't know what to do with that kind yeah, of yeah you know it's too much it was overwhelming and it was it was great but it was also just fucking crazy i mean really intense relationships um they they're they're very difficult to sustain because of the intensity like the the best example i can think of that for me where somebody would be like oh that sounds crazy would be the girl i dated we dated for a very short time but the girl who um was initially responsible for me getting into a lot of this stuff because the shapeshifter Mm -hmm. or the girl who, who could morph and that relationship was so intense but so, and I don't even know she had to have under or felt how intense it was. But for me, it was very intense. I mean, I was behaving erratically. It was so intense. At one point, we had we were driving down Sunset Boulevard, West Sunset and West Hollywood, and from her place, I don't know what we were going to do. And 
we were having an argument. I don't even remember what the argument was about, but it wasn't very important. And I said, do you want me to just turn this car around? You know, you want me to take you back home or whatever? And uh, she's and she's like, I don't remember what she said, but I remember I flipped a U-turn just in traffic while driving like across. Like it wasn't even a stoplight or something. I just, just, flipped, a, just flipped a fucking <laughs> U-turn while I didn't, I think I barely slowed down and like, and then after I did it, she's just like, holy shit, what the fuck? Are you? And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. What the, f- what is happening? Like it was, it just brought out this like part of me that was, mm-hmm. it was, it's almost like an insanity complex. And you can't sustain that. It's impossible. No, it's impossible to sustain that. And survive. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was, you know, I was younger and didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> but I mean, I wasn't, I was old enough. I should have been old enough to know better uh, to do a, to do something stupid like, like that maneuver. But um, I mean, cause I was a little bit older than you were when this, when this mm-hmm. relationship happened with, with this guy. And I mean, he'll always be part of my life because of that experience, but the romantic part of the relationship didn't last that long. And we're not in constant contact now. It comes and goes, but it's almost like we need each other to be there and each other in, in our lives, like not constantly, but we just need to know that we both still exist because that was a thing that we experienced together and we both shared such a beautiful thing. And if we, we need to know that the other still exists because we, if they don't, then that's a problem. You know, I mean, that's a problem for like <laughs> our, our, our sanity. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't seen him in years. I was going to f- randomly fly out to Washington and drive down to Texas in this van that he was buying in Washington just because, but I didn't end up doing it. Um, but it's just one of those things like we need to know that that's an option still. Well, you're definitely a pixie. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Neither do I. Okay. <laughs> like a, almost like a um, some kind of magical fairy. Oh, that sounds cute. It does sound and cute. Glittery. Um, well, I'm glad that uh, we sat down and had a conversation about this stuff again. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd I like am. to say? Oh, I don't think so. That's yeah. I think we uh, I think we have a, a decent maybe, chunk maybe of information. Maybe next time. Here. Maybe next time. Uh, yeah. Well, Erica Russ. Still mm-hmm. Russ. Oh yeah. That's right. You didn't change your name. Yeah. Erica Russ. Erica Russ. Uh, We'll see you in the dream world. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's experience of Me and Paranormal You. I'm your host, Ryan Singer, and it has been a thrill, a real experience for me. I'm I'm learning a lot. I'm getting to meet some some magical people, in fact. I, I, I believe in magic. I believe in mystical occurrences. I'm programmed for that. Uh, I've been going through some transformations myself. Uh, The more and more we do this, uh, we go on this journey together, I'm finding myself being opened up to some things that I've always considered, but maybe not as intensely. Um, Some of the people I've met along the way and their, their willingness to be open and discuss the abilities that they have the experiences that they have uh, you know lots of times you know in a solitary kind of way uh, hopefully hopefully if you're out there and you're listening to this program and and you you feel like a weirdo you know that hey there's a lot there's a lot of you out there and typically there's some really fantastic folks um, I've got a couple books on their horizon that I'm getting ready to start diving into. Uh, one of them is con- called Conversations with the Other Side. Um, I lost it. Oh. 
It's called We Don't Die, George Anderson's Conversations with the Other Side, written by Joel Martin and Patricia Romanowski. Uh, I'm not plugging it for any reason other than I bought it, and I haven't even read it yet. So, But it comes highly recommended. I'm excited about it. I've got another book in the mail that two different people uh, and separate occasions uh, recommended to me. Uh, I'll tell you about that one soon. Uh, I, you know, I believe I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to that. It was pretty remarkable the way that particular book. So I'm excited about that book. But in the meantime, I've got this book. I've got uh, Dr. Philip Zambardo's book, The Lucifer Effect, Understanding How Good People Turn Evil. I'm wrapping that one up. I've got about 20 pages left, and it has been a beast. Uh, talk about dense. I feel like a better person for having read it. But man, am I ready to be finished with it. So if you've got any books or guests that you want to hear me talk to or introduce me to, that would be great, actually. Uh, A lot of these interviews have been through referrals from a previous guest or a close friend of mine or, you know, a a pretty good friend of mine. So meandparanormalu.com, that's the website, meandparanormalu at gmail.com is the email. The hotline, 818-839-0593. Call that any time of day or night. Text it if that's what you'd rather do. It goes to like a Google Voice kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm having the most fun. RyanSingerComedy.com's got my website. That's my 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 schedule's on there, so you can see where I'm going to be. I'm traveling all over the place through the end of August. So for the next three months, I'll be on the road. If I'm coming to your town and you want to talk to me about some paranormal stuff, let's do that i'm serious reach out to me let me know let's do it to those who have already reached out to me i appreciate it we're lining it up let's make it happen got some great guests coming up i'm really excited about it the blood moon i hope you saw that a couple nights ago it was badass ah see you out there soon at a watering hole in the astral plane thanks again for listening my name is ryan singer and you know Who knows what's going to happen? Anything is possible. It's more fun to believe.